When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Conspiracy Normal, guys, and uh, this is your host, Adam, and Sir Fidel is here as well, and we have uh, someone on the line that has a film coming out called Superhuman, The Invisible Made Visible. We have Caroline Corey on the line. Th- Caroline, thank you for joining us on Conspiracy Normal. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. We um, actually um, got hooked up with you from through, uh, I think Michael Mazula is his name. And he's, uh, he was actually pitched me some, uh, another person, but uh, that person had to cancel. So I was like, well, you got anybody else? And he, because I want to try to work with him on some things. And um, he uh, sent me over to you about Psy phenomena, which is something that we have talked about. We've kind of skirted, like kind of stuff, talk about stuff like uh, poltergeist and that type of thing. Right. We really haven't gotten into like kind of the nitty gritty of kind of like the experiments and some of the scientific material that is out there. And uh, that's some of the things that are in this documentary. But kind of before we talk about this documentary, I, I kind of wanted to get a, a, like a feel for you and like your background and kind of like where, like how this kind of all started for you. And I understand like you had some childhood experiences that kind of started all this. Yeah, that's right. So when I was five years old, um, I realized that I could see subtle energy, meaning I could see um, the energy around people. I could tell what they were going through. I could see like spirit energy. (laughs) So, you know, so at a very young age, I was opened up to whatever, I guess, the invisible world. (laughs) You know, and so it was very spontaneous and it wasn't scary. It wasn't weird to me anyway. Um, And so because of that, it kind of got me always questioning. So how does it work? Like what just happened? How is it possible that I could see some things that other people couldn't see? Did I make this up? Am I crazy? You know, so by asking these questions, I got in the field of consciousness uh, studies, says, you know, is how consciousness works, you know, uh, in the physical world, physical reality, all these existential, you know, questions. And so, um, so I mean, it took me 20 years uh, in that field uh, of research. I started teaching, lecturing, wrote books. Um, uh, I realized that you know, there are some, you know, scientific laws. We just we're not looking for them, or if we are, we're trying to explain all these invisible things, or you know, we just label them as paranormal. You know, it's just. Mm-hmm. 
you know, or say it, it just didn't happen or only certain people can, can see certain things. It just, you know, kind of we shove it to the side as something weird, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, <laughs> there's, it's not weird. It, there's something, uh, you know, maybe it's not mainstream science. It certainly is not mainstream science. But there are certain laws that govern um, what we call telepathy, what we call intuition, you know. And so, um, you know, working with hundreds of people from around the world um, and getting validation over and over that what we just saw actually happened, you know. Uh, We're not crazy. So that's the reason why I said we need to investigate. We need to do some real science. We need to make a film. This is how it all came about in a nutshell. And this film, it kind of goes through these different uh, psi abilities and also tracks emerging research in all the different abilities, uh, these research methods that are being developed to be able to detect and measure and experiment on these different abilities. Yeah, exactly. So uh, a lot of people are familiar with remote viewing because, uh, for example, the government had this, these types of experiments going on during the Cold War um, and still today, I'm sure. Um, so remote viewing, um, well, I started with that in the film and, you know, and I tried to bring some sort of scientific explanation um, which actually is connected to quantum mechanics, what we call entanglement, meaning two mm-hmm. particles are connected at a distance, non-locally. Um, so why is it impossible for us to think that the minds, you know, could also be connected at a distance, non-locally? So uh, we start with that, and then, uh, you know, I introduce different aspects of psi phenomena. Like, can the mind literally change the chemistry of water? Uh, can the mind um, literally move a physical object? And so, you know, from, you know, throughout the film, we kind of move from one subject to another doing demonstrations, as you saw yourself, mm-hmm. um, in experiments to, to show how this is possible and this is measurable. That's what I tried to bring in the film, the measurability of the phenomenon. What, was there anything in those experiments, and I kind of want to dig into that a little bit, but was there anything in those experiments that really like stood out to you that maybe you, that kind of surprised yourself? Um, it depends on the experiment, but uh, what comes to mind right away is the ease that other people could, could do it, like without any preparation or almost no preparation. Right. And that, that was also the point of the film um, which is to show that it's not just some you know Uri Geller or like some you know few folks that have those very unique special abilities it's anybody and everybody and so that's the reason why I invited random folks um, to just try it out and they were like shocked (laughs) not just me but Uh, the crew you know because it was all filmed live you know and also don't forget on a film set you know we have cameras and lighting and equipment and a bunch of people walking around so it's not the most conducive you know like (laughs) space for you to do an experiment with your mind where you have to concentrate and you know focus and meditate and even with all of these challenges uh, whoever we would invite we would just kind of 
show them how they could move a, you know, a piece of paper, how they would concentrate and they would just do it. It was like incredible. It was mind blowing how quickly um, they were able to do things like that. So that just blew me away. I was like, yes, <laughs> you know, anybody can do it. Cause that's what I want to show in the film. Anybody can do this. We just have to know how, you know? Yeah, it's like you can you can train yourself to do these things, which is a concept that I never really understood. I thought I've always been under the impression that like psyability is almost something that like you're born with or like you're gifted with it. But as I've kind of gone a little more studying and looking at, and speaking to people like yourself, that it's something that you can actually hone. It's like a trained ability. It's like an ability that everybody basically has. Exactly. And that's exactly the point of the film, because uh, it becomes a, a totally different subject. It becomes um, the fact that, hey, anybody can do this. Everybody has the ability. Therefore, it's just a matter of you putting your mind to it and doing it. And it's not as complicated as you think. Um, just kind of believe in yourself. And as you start doing these things, it's extremely empowering. It is so empowering, you know, because it's like one thing to, for example, right now we're teaching, you know, we just taught a class on, you know, spoon bending, okay? <laughs> so oh, so okay. when you look at it from, yeah, I was like, okay, so what is that going to do to me, you know? But when you go through the process and for the first time in your life, you're able to bend a spoon, which is a physical object, you know, with almost no, you know, pressure. I mean, very, very little pressure and eventually even less and less. You know, it, like you feel like you, you're able to control, you know, the physical world. It's, almost, it's very, very empowering. You know, you feel like, wait, I just did that, which I thought was completely impossible. So that's the reason why I'm, that's why I made this film because I wanted people mm -hmm. to realize how powerful they are. And just explore that. If these things are trainable and they empower people, what what are some of the implications for that? If this was something that that was propagated and popularized, I guess it's a two part question. Would there be some interest in, and has there been some interest in suppressing the research or at least? Uh, trivializing it because it could exactly change the world. i think you nailed it i think that is the problem when was the last time as children you know that we are taught or we're told uh you are more than your human body with your mind you can heal yourself you know with your mind you can um shift you know your reality i mean nobody tells us this stuff and so we grow up thinking that we are small and insignificant and uh, we have to rely on something outside of us to help us out, you know. So if we're sick, we need a drug or, you know, we need a doctor or, you know, if, if we want to do something, it's always not us, you know. <laughs> not, like we sure. don't have these inner powers, you know to help ourselves. And so by the time we're adults, you know, uh, when we see this and we come across these things, right away we dismiss them. Um, like, no, it's impossible or it's fake or it's a trick or, you know. And, um, and so I think this has been a global kind of 
you know, shall we call it, I don't know about conspiracy, <laughs> but it's, it's part of the kind of subliminal mind control of the population. Like, let's keep everybody dumb, <laughs> everybody needing something outside of them, um, everybody kind of helpless and insignificant. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just easier to control. So I think it's part of that big picture. And, uh, and that's the reason why we're not taught these things. We're not, you know, they, they make you feel like, you know, you, you're, you're fake or it's not true or it's not scientific. So uh, I think, yeah, I mean, I, I think I answered your question, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then it, it just, to, you know, in history um, and in the present day, if you talk to a lot of very successful people, you will find that they do believe in a lot of this kind of stuff. And obviously, yep. uh, our government and military did believe enough to finance uh, programs in the past and possibly are still engaging in this stuff. So um, you know, even if, if you don't personally believe in it, uh, people who are you know, making things happen in the world seems to absolutely believe in things like this. Yeah, exactly. So you would think for 20 years, the government's spending, you know, millions and millions of dollars of, uh, on these types of research and experimentation. Why? <laughs> you know, it's, if they didn't believe that there's truth to it. Um, and I know for a fact that even now in China in in Russia, Definitely in um, Israel. I mean, in, in many countries in Japan, those programs are still running uh, very much so. Um, and but again, they're you know they're not being shared to the general public. Why? You know, if the if the government believes in these types of powers and in spending time and money on research um, and investigating different individuals. Uh, then they then there is truth to it, and so why are why uh, is this not shared with the general population? And it's exactly what we were saying. I think um, it's also every time there is uh, a possibility to have any sort of advantage over another nation, another state, or or you know the general public, then you know it's it's always kind of used for military it's weaponized as opposed to um mm -hmm. using it to educate and empower right people, you instead know? of using it for the benefit it's used to destroy or for like just espionage activities exactly exactly you know it's it's uh i think now you know of course nowadays it's we're seeing a different world that's almost like it's waking up <laughs> we're mm -hmm. like enough is enough you know we want to speak up and we want to speak our mind and that's what we're seeing and so it's interesting it's almost like it's part of what's um resurging on the planet right now it's that feeling that wait i am powerful i have powers within me um and that's why i feel like the film is quite timely you know uh to bring that message it's not just about side phenomena again it's about uh, empowerment that um you know, you can do a lot more with your mind, with your consciousness, if you know how, if you train yourself. And you got to speak to some of these people that were part of these government programs, some of the, like, uh, some of the military programs, and then also you got to speak to some of the people at SRI. 
Yeah, exactly. And uh, I met them also, you know, sometimes we we meet each other at conferences and things like that. But yeah, in the film, we have a um, couple of folks who are from the, um, who are in those government programs running them, you know, and so they're speaking from experience. They're not... Uh, um, you know, they're not outsiders. And so the stories that they told us, of course, we kept a few things we have to edit it down in the film, but some sure. of the, the stuff that we are told is like incredible. Um, and it's not just remote viewing. Remote viewing was used for uh, spying on the Russians at the time during the Cold War because um, they found out that the Russians had started you know to look into it so that's what so eventually the the u.s said wait if they're doing mm -hmm. that we need to be doing that <laughs> you know and so but again it was used for our military purposes to spy on each other and so and i know other folks um in the uh gosh i forget the name of the that lab in um new mexico anyway who also were part of uh, this big big spy program um during the cold war um and so these are real people who are able to um train soldiers and who did it themselves uh were able to retrieve data information um intelligence from a foreign government remotely hello <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know and it's not just kind of um uh, I mean, it's, it's even, it goes deeper even, I didn't put that part in the film, but I mean, to the point that the information they were able to retrieve was not just data, but literally documents, like they could literally see and read documents re remotely. So it's crazy. <laughs> and of course, it turned out to be true because that whatever information they picked up, eventually they were able to, you know, prove or, or validate or... Um, whatever, change their strategy or avoid whatever plan uh, the other party has. So it's like crazy. <laughs> you, you always get the impression when, and you know, I've heard some of these guys talk um, and you always get the impression that a lot of what's coming out now is the stuff that was the, that was going on, like, I guess the seventies and the eighties. And we, since they had really great success with it, it seems like we would be doing this now. We've got to be. Yeah, exactly. And, and uh, of course, that was the big question. So if it was so successful, why did they stop? Right. So um, my understanding and from speaking to different folks at the time, I think um, some parts, and as you know, you know, I mean, <laughs> it's so obvious within the government, there are those who are, who are uh, into it, those who believe it's not the right thing to do, it's not ethical or whatever. And so it's like not everybody's in agreement, not because there is a program that's running and money being spent. Mm -hmm. that everybody's in agreement. So I think at the time Congress decided that, um, you know, they were doing things uh, to influence or, you know, like basically they, they thought that it wasn't used properly and they did everything they could uh, to shut down the program. And so, um, so I think officially they shut down the program, but... I know for sure that um, there are still some programs running. Maybe not again officially, yeah. like at the government yeah. level. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, it, it could be something that's been that's being used by like private companies or like some kind of like corporate espionage kind of thing. 
I mean, yeah, I think that's sure. entirely possible. Yeah, and it's not just, you know, because it started, you know, being the, the remote viewing thing, spying uh, to, re to, receive, to, to retrieve intelligence. But then when they got into psychokinesis and remote influencing, which is, you know, telekinesis, moving stuff, you know, right. uh, I think this is where I think it was getting a bit too much for some people in the government. And uh, the oversight committees probably were like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, it's like... <laughs> So um, yeah, <laughs> which is all kind of the men, yeah. the men who stare at goats, um, which is yeah. passed, passed <laughs> off as a comedy. But I mean, the book um, is actually like completely serious. Yeah, exactly. the new, new the new it? Earth Army. And I think that these, uh, I mean, it, it it comes across as a comedy, but uh, it's based on truth and oh yeah. Fact. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. Well, in in addition to remote viewing. Um, what are some of these other abilities? I mean, there's like uh, precognitive abilities that you show can be measured. I think that's something that people probably have the most, uh, that's really common, people have the most experience with in when they're in extreme situations or like in vehicles and they see something happen or know to do something right in time to, uh, you know, save themselves from an accident or something like that. How is a, how can precognition be measured? Yeah, so um, that's also fascinating because it's, like you're saying, it's more common than we think. A lot of people see something before it happens. Usually it's like just before it happens. Sometimes um, it's before like in a dream or something like that. But but the um, the majority of people see something, you know, a few minutes, a few seconds uh, or you know, a little bit more before it happens. And so one of the experiments that we did in the film uh, to measure that is um, there is actually a physiological response, like the body reacts to something before it's happened. So um, one of the physiological things that are measurable is the, the eye, the pupil of the eye dilates uh, just exactly. It correlates with a stressful situation, meaning something, a shock or trauma uh, that is happening. Except that um, the, when we were measuring the pupil of the eye, it was dilating before uh, the event would happen. So how is it possible that the body physiologically would be responding to something that hasn't happened yet? So this is how we're able to tell that even though the, the, like your brain <laughs> you know, and your eyes haven't seen what the trauma is and you haven't gone through it, but on some level, you know, which I believe it's what we call you know, the part that I call consciousness, on some higher level, you know you're tapping into the unified field, meaning a stream of information and... At that level, you're able to retrieve the event that is about to happen. And because of that ability, it is, uh, it's that ability that is then triggering um, the physiological effect in your eyes. Does that make sense? Yeah. And the, that, that happens right before that, that new image. Exactly. Exactly. So... So it's pretty fascinating. So this tells us that when we sense something, uh, we're not crazy. It means that, you know, we are tapping into something. We, we just need to understand the phenomenon. We need to 
look into it seriously and scientifically instead of saying, oh, you're just making stuff out. Or like we hear a lot about mothers, you know, who sense that their kid is in trouble or something, even though they're far away on the other side of the planet. How do they, like, what are they tapping into? How do they know, you know, that this just happened or this is about to happen? And so we just say, hey, it's just a mother son thing, mother daughter thing. But no, it's, 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 it's a typical yeah. thing. Yeah. Well, and if it is some kind of entanglement thing, then people with the same DNA, you know, you could see how they could be even more entangled. Exactly. Um, and what are, I know, like you talked about the spoon bending. So there's other, there's ways that we can actually influence objects in the physical environment. We can actually physically move. Yeah, them. exactly. So uh, the idea is to, uh, you know, to train your mind to affect a physical object. Now, we're not here, we're still in the physical body, having a physical experience, and we're not here to break the physical laws. Like, I mean, you know, if you want to move something, you pick it up with your hand and you move it, you know. So, right. you know, so, it, but the purpose is, um, if you are able to influence a physical object with your mind, with your intention, this only proves that your mind, your intention can change your physical world, your physical reality. Therefore, if you can do it with water, if you can change the pH of water, if you can change the electrical conductivity in water, if you can change the molecular structure in water, it means that you can change it. You, your intention can also change it in your body. In other words, it's proving that your mind, your consciousness can change the chemistry of your body. So when we're doing these exercises of moving an object or, you know, changing water and things like that, it's just to demonstrate and to prove that there is an effect. It's we're not crazy. <laughs> and so, so that's kind of how I like to always reframe it, that we're not here to kind of levitate and like, you know, <laughs> like in the movies, you know, sci-fi movies, you just uh, make things like fly. Yeah. <laughs> um, although, although it's cool, you know, but <laughs> very cool, you know. But but at the same time, we are both. We are physical beings and non-physical beings, and so uh, we are here to take part in the physical experience, but always um, without letting go, without forgetting that we started out as non-physical. And so, you know, we have to work with both. And so that's really what, you know, I was att I'm attempting to demonstrate. Um, and that's how you're going to gain your power back. Uh, so all of these experiments, all of these, in the movie, you also saw that we're able to, you know, move a piece of paper. Uh, we used a piece of paper. We, um, we also, I don't know if we, no, we didn't show, but uh, we, like a stick or... Uh, a leaf from a tree. So all of this, like we showed in the film, and then we and then we did it under a glass, and then we did it under vacuum, to again to keep showing that it's not uh, thermal energy, it's not electromagnetic, it's it's something else. It's really the power of your mind. Yeah, that was pretty amazing, and that's a that's a that's a Russian um experiment the the people are in russia that are that are doing that where they have the little piece of paper in the little bowl uh, yeah they, they they did that yeah they, there's an institute you know they teach that but we did it in a film ourselves uh we had one of the actresses who did uh -huh. that 
uh, I did that. I also, and then we had one of the neuroscientists, he did it under vacuum, and I did it long distance, um, also move a piece of paper. So, um, yeah, so again, it's, it's, not, it's not about the piece of paper, it's about the fact that if you're able to do that, then you're able to do other things, which is like heal yourself. How about that? You know, that's the point. <laughs> well, I think that brings to, to the question of like intent and being that able to change the, your physical environment with your, with your intent. And this is something that we've kind of talked about a lot and the idea of like new thought and how your intention can manifest your, your desires or your physical world. Um, can you talk about how you know you can modify your physical world with intent? Yeah. So I mean, I teach a class called uh, Mastering the Creative Formula. It's like we want to change our physical world, our physical reality, but we don't know how. We say, "Well, I didn't create this illness," or "I hate my you know my relation. I want to get out of my relationship, or I want to attract a relationship, or I want to attract money." in my life and so because i'm not happy with the way things are so basically you want to change your physical world but we don't know how and so i created this class uh we think you know a lot about the law of attraction to me the law of attraction is just the the mechanism you know it's like um it's like the background uh, the the law that kind of moves things but it's not you you're not the law of attraction you still have to generate that intent but you also, so I would say like in several uh, steps, the first step is for you to say your intent. You'd be surprised how many people say, um, I'm not happy, I want to make more money or whatever, but they don't know how to articulate mm -hmm. <laughs> a specific intent. I say, well, when was the last, what, what is it that you want? They'd be saying, uh, well, I'm, I don't have enough money or I've been struggling with this and, and I'm like, yeah, but that's not what I asked. What is it that you want? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a nebulous general yeah. desire. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So we, we're not, we, we don't have that training to know how to create things. So the first thing is to articulate your intent very clearly. The second thing is to really want it. That's another thing. Uh, again, you know, we have a subconscious mind. Um, that is working in the background. So we're saying a part of us, the conscious mind is saying, I want to make more money. But then the conscious, uh, the subconscious mind is saying, I'm not worthy, or I don't believe in this monetary system, or I have to work very hard or whatever, some sort of negative thought that is still part of the equation. So that's a problem because a part of you is saying, I want to make money. The other part of you is saying, mm, I don't think so. I don't, I, I don't care about money. I want to do something that's fun for me. To, you know what I mean? So, so, so your subconscious is kind of holding you down, but you may not be aware of it necessarily. Yeah, exa exactly. And the third point is you have to believe. You have to believe. So a part of you says, I want to move this physical object or I want to bend the spoon, but I can guarantee that your subconscious mind is saying, there's no way I can do that. <laughs> or, or how does that even work? And, you know, it doesn't, it breaks the laws of the universe, you know? So my point is, you know, we, we say we want to change our physical reality. We say, but we don't know, we don't have these 
um, tools in place, the articulation, the specificity of what it is that we want, the uh, desire, the belief, and also the letting go. Sometimes we want to control, like we want in your relationship, but it has to be this way and it has to look like that. And he has to be, you know what I mean? Like we dictate (laughs) every single thing instead of just, you know, knowing what we want, but then just letting go. What if you don't meet the person through work and you meet them online? What's the big deal? You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. so, so there's these tools that we are just not taught. And so that's the reason why we want to change our reality. We have to understand what our consciousness is, what it can do, and have those tools to, to do it. And so that's, that's why, you know, I made this film to kind of um, validate uh, and demonstrate how your mind is not just this thing, you know, <laughs> floating around. It, it is the most important thing. You start creating your reality with your consciousness. And a lot of that comes from those quantum physics ideas of uh, consciousness coming first and then things being entangled, Uh, which brings me to another idea that that they talk a lot about in early New Thought and even like the the Amarok Rosicrucians talked about, which is the idea of vibration. What, What does vibration have to do with all this? Yeah, beautiful. I love that question. Yeah, like you were saying, what we we talk about uh, consciousness as is fundamental, meaning it's before anything. If there's a before and after, where it's like it's the substance that is at the base of of all that is of all aspects of life, and so because of that, it also kind of came before, if you want to say in the simplistic terms, before the material world. So, so if consciousness, you know, came before, it's fundamental, it, it has the ability to change what came after. This is a very simplistic way of saying that because it's fundamental, it, it has that ability. Um, but another thing, is, so, so how does it work? It's all about vibration, meaning... All of existence is energy. Einstein said that. And so if everything is energy, then everything has a vibration, an innate vibration. And so I I said that in in my class, all existence and energy that manifests in different forms, in infinite forms. So my physical body is a form of energy. This table, this microphone is a different type of energy, even though it's a material, but it's still a form of energy. Right. Uh, my thoughts are a form of energy. Everything is, is energy and everything is vibrating, but it's vibrating at a different rate. And that's the reason why the physical world is vibrating at a lower rate than my consciousness that's why it appears to be slower because it's moving so slow. It, it appears to be static, but it doesn't mean it's static. It's static compared to me, but it's not necessarily static, if that makes sense. It does. It does. And so that's why everything is energy. Yeah, everything is, everything is energy and everything is vibration. Everything's vibrating at different rates. And so that's kind of also where the law of attraction happens. So even your thoughts, your emotions, your beliefs are also a form of energy. You don't see them. It's a form of energy. And so that vibration, anger, is an emotion that's a vib- that has a vibration or love or 
sadness. Everything is a different vibration. So whatever you're vibrating out is going to attract its match. So if I'm vibrating anger and frustration and sadness, then that vibration that I'm putting out through the law of entanglement is going to attract a similar vibration. And this is how, you know, you asked, how, what does vibration have to do with it? So if you want something good, you have to vibrate in that space first in order to attract your match. And if you're, if you're vibrating in a negative way, you can attract, well, you can affect people around you negatively and you oh, can yeah. attract negative people to you. Absolutely. That's why when you go, when, that's why when you go and you meet someone or you have a conversation with someone, you feel exhausted afterwards. <laughs> You're like, oh my God, I'm drained. Because that person is vibrating at such a low level and, and it's just kind of bringing your, your energy down. It's all vibration, all kind of interconnected. Do you have to be in a physical proximity to someone or can like we are doing right now, speaking across the country, can you pick up on that from a distance? Yeah, it doesn't have, you don't have to be in the same, same space. Absolutely. You, you can be on the phone with someone and, you know, whatever they're projecting into your mm -hmm. ear, that's mm -hmm. that. Or just by thought, like I said earlier, your thoughts are connected through entanglement. So it's the same thing. If somebody's sending you negative thoughts, you know, you can pick up on that as well. So and there was one experiment in the film um, that with, with the yeast cells. Oh, yeah. And they found out that, like, the yeast cells were making this kind of harmony, this, this, um, this noise. And whenever they would disturb the cells, they would get, like, static or some kind of because some kind of really horrible noise and when they'd go back to like when they would return to normal that tone would it would would come back again and so is that kind of the same kind of concept yeah absolutely i mean uh, i love that segment i mean can you imagine that our cells are vibrating and emitting a sound so it's like we don't hear it in the movie, you know, the professor was explaining how it was amplified so we could, we could be heard. But so now we are literally vibrating and emitting a sound. We all are a symphony, <laughs> you know. And so, um, yeah, and so if you are vibrating in a negative space, your sound, you know, that, that vibration is going to sound really bad. It's like a shh, remember, in the movie. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, yeah it's fascinating i want to talk a little bit about the mindfold experiments this was interesting i i had never heard of this before um this is i guess basically the idea that you can and i think it goes back to what you were saying that you can basically train yourself essentially to to tap into these these powers these abilities and um I guess this is something that's going on in England, uh, in Europe, I guess, primarily. But apparently it's the blindfold that they can put on and they can see what's around them, I guess, in the mind's eye, essentially. Is that correct? Uh, yes and no. But, yeah, there are people from all over. I, I think that is completely mind-blowing. I mean, 
so what happens, especially children, it's easier for children because um, they're not so kind of stuck uh, in their ways. They don't have preconceived ideas. You tell a kid, um, you know, try to see this color and they'll see it. It's insane. In fact, I'm teaching right now. There's a class online for kids. Um, and only after two classes, we did three. One kid only did two out of the three. And uh, kids can already see, uh, read, and see all the colors and do all kinds of, like, uh, cards and um, completely blindfolded. And so this, to me, when I saw this the first time, of course, people from the outside, when they look at it, they go, okay, there's no way. It's a trick. <laughs> that, that and, was, I'll be honest. That was my thought. I was like, how course. is this being done? Like, what is yeah, going exactly. on here? Exactly. And so, but as you saw, uh, I knew that that was going to happen because it was my reaction at first. Yeah, yeah. What is it, you know? And so, um, and that's the reason why the key, the more you look at it, you're like, oh my God, no, this is real. <laughs> and so, and that's why I brought the scientific aspect of it uh, by measuring the amount of light that was inside the mask. And there was no light inside the mask. And, and by the way, if you use that mask yourself, you put it on your eyes, you'll see for yourself. You, it's completely black, dark. <laughs> and so... Uh, anyway, so after we uh, realized that it, there's definitely no light and there's, this was no trick whatsoever, um, you know, we saw, we found so many people from different parts of the world doing that. But they were, what I noticed is that the training is slightly different. So some, some folks focus on the mind's eye. It's almost like a, a type of remote viewing. It's kind of like, you know, you can see remotely in the sense that it's beyond you know that, that that whatever is covering your eyes but other folks uh are, the training is different so some of them is is uh, through vibration so you you sense the vibration of the objects around you you get so um uh, so, so clear on that so trained that you can literally kind of see the world uh, around you clearly as you saw the folks in utah um but other people as well um end up you train your brain to basically believe that there is light as you know we our visual system works because we have light because light is being reflected on stuff so if you can convince yourself that there's light in your mask you can see through your mask therefore you can see it's 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 crazy, but you know, again, it's it's possible and it's being demonstrated. So it's kind of like a visualization kind of exercise at first. Uh, not visualization. It's uh, it, it's more reprogramming of the brain because actually, you know, we think okay. we see with the eyes, but actually, it's the brain that's telling us what we're seeing. It's not the eyes. Right. It's the it's the you know the the brain the part of the brain that is telling us, okay, now you're seeing a tree, now you're seeing, so, so, um, so that's, that's, I mean, that's to me was completely mind blowing because if you can reprogram your brain to see without your eyes, then you can do anything, <laughs> you know? And, mm -hmm. uh, so that's kind of what, um, to me was the ultimate validation. 
Well, there's, there's just so much data and so many experiments. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply that have been going on for decades and decades that have shown these abilities are measurable, replicatable. I mean, I think it's beyond proven at this point, pretty much. Exactly. And that's the point. And that's the message in the film. Like, uh, I mean, it's an, let's stop, keep asking, is it possible? It is possible. I just showed you. Yeah. I much of time. It's scientists, experts, people from all over, all ages, all countries, all, you know, so Anybody has those, everybody can do this. So let's stop worrying about, you know, the skeptics, whatever, and let's do something with it. If I showed you Mm -hmm. how you can change the chemistry of water, it means you can do the same thing and change the chemistry in your body. If you have acid reflux or whatever, if you have, if your, if your body's acidic, if you have the virus, if any sort of thing, since you are 70%, 80% water, so whatever you can do on the water outside of you, you can do it inside of you. So, so my point is like when you ask the question, what can we do with this? We can use these tricks, these tools, these exercises and practice them on our daily life, in our daily life. And it works. And so, you know, I've been doing energy medicine for a long time as well. That's part of the consciousness training. And so we just, we just have to just do it. I mean, that's, that's the idea. And so when we were filming, like I said, the crew, they saw <laughs> with their own eyes, you know, somebody who had never done something and then he, they would just do it. And then the reaction was always the same. Like, let me try. I want to try. And that's exactly what I'm hoping uh, would happen from people watching this film, that they'd be like, wait, I want to try. <laughs> and if you try one thing, then you kind of get a sense of what it feels like. You know, you're like, oh my God, this is kind of cool how I did that. Well, let me try this other thing. Let me try this other thing. And then you start applying it to, you know, the migraine headaches that you have or stomach issues you have or back pain that you have or whatever, so on and so forth. It's amazing stuff. It really <laughs> is. Just to, just to think that we can, we can have such an influence on ourselves and on the environment and, and, and the world around us. Um, was there anything that was in the film 
that you are particularly like fond of like one experiment over the other or any kind of concept that is something that is like, like that kind of like dearer to you than others? Uh, the blindfold is to me is still the most crazy, like mind boggling. Yeah. Like, I mean, because it's like, even, even when we're teaching it, like I said, this, this kid's uh, thing we just did online, like the kids are just reading. They're just like, and even though I, I, I know what's happening, but when you see it, you know, every single time it's like, wow, this is insane. So that's one thing um, that completely blows my mind, um, the blindfold thing. However, having said that, I don't want people to think that it's so easy. For kids it is, but for adults it's a little bit trickier because, you know, your yeah. mind kicks in and you're like, how does it work and blah, 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 you know, mind chatter. <laughs> then you start to doubt yourself. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. much harder for, for adults. But anyway, so, so that was mind-blowing uh, working with the kids. Um, another thing uh, that I also think is amazing is the, the experiments we did on water and DNA just because it's uh, actually easier than you think um, and because of the implication, the way the water and the DNA respond to your intent uh, every single time, I'm blown away how easy it is. <laughs> and so if you just know how, and um, so that's, that's another experiment that I think is so important um, that I really, really think we should be um, focusing on and that I really think is very important. I did want to ask you about DNA as being kind of like a, almost like a, do you kind of conceive it as like a receiver for consciousness in, in a sense? And can we kind of, I guess we can manipulate everything. We can kind of manipulate like our own DNA or is DNA, is this how we've like evolved into what we are? Like we've kind of pulled our own species up through DNA? Absolutely, 100%. 100%. You Just like you change uh, your blood, you change the water in your body, you can also change the DNA. And so with your consciousness, again, uh, you don't know how to write the code. Nobody, they can, people can barely uh, decode the DNA. So you're not going to like rewrite the code. <laughs> but you can influence the way the code operates. That is the idea. And so uh, by doing that, eventually that code mutates on its own. And all of this happens again with intention. And we know that the DNA changes because you're not born with the same DNA. In other words, um, you're born with the, with, the, with the DNA that makes you look the way you do and you know have those predispositions for whatever but the, the DNA is also mutating as you go along um, for example we know in a negative sense we know that cancer um, mutates change, changes the DNA it, it, it breaks down the molecular structure of the DNA it means it it means you weren't born with it but but it, eventually it changed during your lifetime so this mm -hmm. so it means that it changes in this case it's changed in a negative way <laughs> but if it changes in a negative way it means it changes and if it changes then you can also change it in a positive way does that make sense if if nothing ever changes since the minute you're born until you die um then 
you shouldn't have uh, the proof or you shouldn't be able to um, break down the DNA, such as in the case of cancer and other things. You see what I mean? So, so because this has been proven and demonstrated, this tells us that the DNA mutates during our lifetime. So if it is mutable, <laughs> uh, if it does mutate, then you can influence that mutation with your intention, just like you do, again, with the chemistry of your, of your body, your blood, and everything else. So 100%. Wow, it's fascinating. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about your. Uh, you have another documentary. I think you have a couple more actually too. Um, but I wanted to talk about this this documentary called "Among Us," which actually I think on Amazon. It's on Amazon Prime now, and I think it actually has a different title on there. Yeah, it's it's et uh, et contact. Yeah. So you start out that film. Um, talking about some of your like childhood experiences that you had with some entities I'm curious yeah about that yeah so um when i was five like i said i realized that i could see energy i could see beings um and then so i i had an encounter where i saw these beings and we started communicating telepathically when i was five and so i realized that oh that's how you speak telepathically <laughs> it's not a it's it's not a language that it's a, it's not a human language it's it's kind of a universal language it's it's telepathy is a universal code that all intelligent life can decipher and so when i was five i had that experience and i realized oh that's why i'm receiving this information from these beings and since that time i kind of you know trained myself i focused on what was my brain doing that was allowing me to retrieve this information to understand what they were saying. And, and so that's how I, you know, as I said earlier, I started kind of asking these questions, which got me on the topic of consciousness. It's your consciousness that is um, common where you're tapping into the unified field and the common denominator, if you will, with all species. And that's how we hear a lot about extraterrestrial contacts or downloads and things like that. It's all happening at that level. And then, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask you what the beings looked like. Oh, well, those beings were more of a, like, they weren't angelic, but they weren't extraterrestrial in the sense of, you know, grays or things like that. They weren't material. They were just basically just a body of light. And there was a, like a bunch of them. It was like a group of very bright, bright white light. And, uh, and they, that's how they were talking to me. So they didn't have a humanoid form. They didn't have like limbs. It was just mm -hmm. um, kind of a, sh a vague shape um, of light, bright, bright light. Um, but later on in my life, I encountered other types of beings, many of them, <laughs> uh, some more humanoid, uh, more material. But that, but the one, um, the ones at the age of five were the ones to me that were the most significant did you feel like they were kind of teaching you things in a sense it was it was familiar mm -hmm. it was like i know exactly who you are it was more like 
oh, this is home. <laughs> um, it felt like um, they were part of me. I was part of them. I was on this side of the veil. They were on the other side of the veil. So it was this kind of continuing, you know, uh, stream of consciousness. We're all connected. So that's why it was very comfortable. It was very loving. Mm -hmm. It's very. It wasn't like like ghosts, you know, or anything yeah. like that. There was never any fear involved, and, and I guess for a child of that age i mean there wouldn't be any probably any fear involved anyway because like you said you know there's kind of the closeness i guess to the other to the other side or other realm for lack yeah of usually term. yeah usually kids you know will call them invisible friends or what have you because yeah. it feels very comforting uh, i mean i can't speak for all kids some of them get scared even though um it is a, a benevolent energy, but something in your mind, your human mind can still kick in as a child and go like, oh my God, you know, like, am I seeing a ghost? And then you make yourself scared, you know? Right, yeah. So, but in general, it's, it's very... Um, so we've seen these types of encounters really be a kind of a transformation in their lives and their outlook. Mm -hmm. Do you think these are also um, transformative in developing the, these psi abilities? Yeah, absolutely. In my case, anyway, for sure, because it started out already with that opening, the understanding that information was basically traveling from their consciousness to mine. Like they were, we were talking without talking, uh, you know, uh, with the human language. So that right there uh, tell, like kind of opened up the part of my consciousness uh, that made it possible to always look beyond the human form. So because of that, um, then you become sensitive to energy. You become, you know, you're able to see remotely. You're able to sense things before they happen. You know what I mean? Like you already are past the human form at a young age. And so a lot of people can relate to that. And later on, they shut it down. Like they... Um, get scared or, or for example you know the parents or at school you know they feel embarrassed or something so they stop focusing on this ability that was natural and spontaneous and before you know it they kind of forget and so yeah yeah there's a there's a transformative experience with a lot of these um like the the abduction experience and I guess the contact experience, which is kind of the term that I prefer in that people will have this yeah, experience. Exactly. With these but once you have an experience, but we're basically are kind of the same as people that have near death experiences. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, once you have a strong, uh, significant experience beyond the physical realm, like you never forget you never forget. It changes you forever, especially if you come in contact with a non-human intelligence. And again, for me, it's not just ET. It's like angels. You know. So just knowing that something else is possible, just like with the, the uh, psi experiments, kind of the same thing is going on when people realize that something like that is actually possible then even just that alone can really increase their abilities absolutely absolutely the knowing is one thing the experience is even better 
when it happens to you as opposed to somebody telling you, you know? I'm curious, some of the other beings that you've encountered. Well, later on, I've, I, you know, I, I encountered um, like beings from Series B, Pleiadians, um, and the Greys, the Reptilians, different kinds, some materialized, um, uh, like in my bedroom, literally, and some were half material. It was kind of like, Mm, it's hard to, it's like kind of interdimensional if I can uh -huh. call it that. It's like halfway between physical and non-physical. It's as if speaking of vibration, it's like as if they kind of lowered their vibration closer to our spectrum, but they were not fully like 100% material, but they were close enough that you could see them very clearly. So it's a range of experiences um, from non-physical to half physical to some more physical physical also i'd lo would love to know your thoughts on like what are we dealing with when we talk about extraterrestrials are we dealing with actual physical entities or are we dealing with something that is a more kind of i don't know interdimensional or spiritual in nature both all of the above but i mean some of them are definitely material and here some of them can cross over, like I said, like it's like, so, you know, uh, it's another conversation, but the, the, the grid line, the planetary grid, like the, the, the space itself, the way time and space is divided um, around us gives us the illusion of time space, but actually it's, it's a dimensional spectrum. So within that space around us are other uh, spectrums of, of frequencies and so they exist among us but on a different within a different frequency range so they can cross over they can lower their frequency so that we can barely start to see them so that's kind of interdimensional and then they go back and some are literally physical they come in in our space we see them and then they leave so it depends it's all of the above and some of them are completely on the other side and they're just using the unified field to transfer information and energy through telepathy. Yeah, you spoke to one of the young men in the film. Uh, he um, talked about encountering the Arcturans, and he said that they told him that we're not really from the star you call Arcturus. We're more like something or, or beings that are already here and have been here for a long time, but they just kind of live on top of our world. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's a very fascinating concept. We talk a lot about that on this show, about kind of like the um, parallels between the alien contact experience and things like fairy lore and yeah. the, those kind of ideas. You talked to Dr. David Jacobs in the film. And right. uh, he, uh, I know that he has a kind of a very, like he's, he's, got, he's kind of, I know he's very scared of what the greys are doing that's kind of his his theory on it um what what are your thoughts on just like some of the are there are there more negative beings that are coming across that it's not all a positive experience yeah i mean it's just like humans like you have everybody's got an agenda you know there's some good ones and some bad ones there's definitely definitely a species that is not so nice that have their own agenda so it's, I think it's not either or, I think it's both. And so I think Dr. Jacobs is um, more familiar and kind of researched more those kind of 
uh, folks, but uh, I think they're, they're both. But I think, uh, you know, that whole agenda that they're here to take over the planet and to destroy us and stuff. Uh, I think if that was the agenda that was supposed to happen, I mean, they're not waiting for us. If they have that technology to be here and fly mm-hmm. over here, I think they would have done it already. Like, what are they waiting for, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> like, just do it already. Let's be done with it. So so that's why I don't think that that is the ultimate. I, I'm not saying that they're not trying. Right. It's not, you know, but uh, I think there are other forces as well making it impossible for them to take over or whatever. Well, something could be getting what they want from us um, without having to have some kind of, you know, full-scale occupation. I guess there's plenty of, uh, uh, there's plenty of examples in like foreign policy in the world of things like that, you know, where uh, goals can be achieved without, you know, totally like invading a country and keeping some occupation you know if there is some weird thing like that with a species they could do what they wanted without just like coming down the white house lawn with a saucer or something yeah exactly i mean if that's the plan you know they can just be doing it you know so they're not waiting for us if they have that that sort of technology you know (laughs) are they are they trying to I guess because kind of from that film, I kind of got the sense that like the the main goal of these extraterrestrials or these these angelic beings is to try to help us for the most part. Um, do they see that like kind of like that we need the help and like things are out of whack here and that uh, they're trying to kind of slowly reveal themselves in a way? Yeah, that's the other agenda, if you will. There's definitely those that are helping. And I know for sure that they're helping because, first of all, I see them. But also, like, uh, you know, this planet is such a mess. (laughs) I mean, seriously, I mean, this is a mess. You know, humans are a mess. The planet is a mess. Uh, we keep blowing you know each other up and like um, it's it's just like it's it's a disaster. So if we didn't have uh, also beings and forces that are not sustaining our lives and the planet, again we'd be gone by now. So I know for a fact that we're being helped and supported because um, we could have blown up this planet ourselves many times over with our nuclear waste and nuclear weapons and and all the silliness that we do. Yeah, you hear about that with the with the uh, flying saucers or the UFOs over like the nuclear weapons silos and that type of thing. Yeah, exactly. Something, something I wanted to ask you um, for people who are just now becoming convinced that they could have these types of abilities um, and they're interested in. In developing their abilities, what what are some first steps you? Think yeah, so take? that's why we already put that on the website of the film, superhumanfilm.com. So people can go and see if they're interested in those classes. There are workshops already set up, and um, also on my website, carolinecorey.com, I have a massive library of um, you know meditations, but also classes that people can take to strengthen their guidance system, develop their guidance system, um, you know, strengthen their um, sensitivity, intuition, all that sort of stuff. So there are a lot of tools that already 
out there. And so, and with this film, it's, it's hopefully, like I said, I'm hoping the response would be exactly what you said. Like, where, where do I start? <laughs> so it's right on the, on the website. Because you, you see this as like, this is, a, this is, a, this is an, an, an empowerment for people. 100%. That's why I made the film. Because I think the only way out of our mess is for the individual to feel empowered. It's the only way. I mean, we're, being, we're living this big lie that we're being taken care of by government or by institutions or healthcare or education or all these systems that are completely corrupt and messed up. And we can't wait for others to, to fix all these systems. The systems are collapsing as we're witnessing right now. I mean, just look around. It's true. Things are collapsing before our eyes. And the only way out is for the individual to be empowered, to take back that power and start to figure out a way to heal himself, to, mm-hmm. to create a reality from a higher uh, consciousness, um, you know, from a higher frequency to understand how to master their emotions, how to master, you know, this is the time to, uh, to do this within this mess. That's also another reason why I think this film is very timely, you know? It's like, um, mm-hmm. I think what's happening now, it's like we've lost uh, trust. That's what I think in the systems. I mean, who's going to be looking out for you? The only way out is in. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. said it. You said it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's it, it's true. I think we got to find some kind of like peace in ourselves before we start changing the wider world around us. And we got to find some kind of like you, you're you're. I think you're 100 percent correct, Caroline. <laughs> I, I think it. So. I, I think it starts within the soul, <laughs> not yeah, necessarily I- from from the outside where can people find the film i know that it um is going to be released very very soon but where can people find it and also where they can find among us yeah so uh the film is actually available to pre-order now and i think what's good about the pre-order is like you end up owning it but also you get all these bonus clips that are not in the film so people can actually go now and get it at superhumanfilm.com is the website and um you know they can get it there uh, and um for among us it's actually godsamongus.com so uh, okay. they can also find the link there <laughs> And that's that's also like I said on Amazon Prime right now as well. So if they have that, they can they can watch that film there. And when yeah. does Superhuman come out? Uh, July fourteenth. July fourteenth. Okay. Midnight uh, Pacific time. Okay. Cool. Perfect. This show will be really recommend it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank it's you a so much. It's a great film. Uh, very informative. A lot of great stuff in it, guys. That's uh, Superhuman: The Invisible Made Visible by Caroline Corey. Caroline, thank you so much for being on. Um, Stay on the line for us. We're going to close out this section. And, guys, we'll be back to close out the show, as we always do, on Spirit Normal.
that was a good discussion with Caroline Corey. I want to thank her for coming on. Um, very cool film that she got some sweet coming out, which is called Superhuman about psi ability. You know, anything that could kind of like impressions about that, Sergio? Because you got to watch it as well. Yeah, it was real cool. It went through, um, you know, like all of the different psi phenomenon and some of the latest research and how to uh, observe and measure it and uh, had a lot with the uh, teachability aspects and, you know, of course it went over some of the historical remote viewing stuff, but but it was pretty cool. I really recommend it. Yeah, absolutely. Um. <clears throat> Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I I was interested in a lot of that. I'm interested in a lot of that stuff, although it's something that we don't really talk about a lot. It's still very, very interesting. And the other film that she did called Among Us, which is, I think, um, on Amazon uh, called E.T. Contact, is, is really interesting, too. I'm not... Anybody that listens to this show knows I don't really subscribe to the extraterrestrial hypothesis. But uh, I always find just the whole um, people that have these experiences and listening to their experiences and hearing what they have to say about it is always interesting. It's interesting to me too. So, um, so an interesting thing happened. We're recording this on June the twenty third, and in. Nashville, Tennessee's local newspaper, the Tennessean, <laughs> there was this strange full-page ad that was taken out by this strange group in Arkansas. And I think that we need to get ready for something here because July 18th, and we better have, <laughs> we might want to put the shows that we record out early so at least everybody knows that like Sergio and I may not be here after July 18th because apparently there's going to be a nuclear attack on Nashville, according to these people. So I don't know. Maybe we want to just we might want to just go out of town that day or something. Yeah, yeah. You know, just uh, getting out of Dodge. Just, just, just get out of Dodge a little bit. But <laughs> I'm going to read some of this. Um, and this was put up, I think, on, yeah, it was on Sunday's newspaper, the 21st. And interesting side story. And, and you'll see why. But um, the Muslim community of Nashville was very offended by this and complained to the Tennessean. And the Tennessean actually pulled it. And they sent the money back to the organization that placed the full page ad, which, Hey, you know, they, it turned out great for them because they got to put a full page ad in the Nashville newspaper <laughs> for free, for free. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> this reads, and it has a picture of Trump on the top and a picture of the Pope. And there's a, there is a, upside down American flag, which of course you know that's a distress symbol. It says paid advertisement. And by the way, the person that allowed this to go through has since been fired by the Tennessean, just as a mental note. <laughs> Dear citizen of Nashville, 
We are under conviction to not only tell you, but to provide evidence that on July 18th, 2020, Islam is going to detonate a nuclear device in Nashville, Tennessee. Our problem with trying to warn you of this event is that it requires information on a handful of subjects that you may or may not have any inclination to consider. Therefore, our intent in this letter is to identify the warning we feel under obligation to provide and then give you a brief explanation of how this warning can be demonstrated to be valid. Hopefully, the overview of these issues will prompt you to go to www.july18.news where the defense of each of these issues is presented fully. The subjects all have a relation to Bible prophecy, and all of them are interconnected. The United States of America is one theme, which is prophetically the sixth kingdom of Bible prophecy, yet different from the kingdoms of world history. Another subject is the kingdom succeeding the USA, the seventh kingdom of Bible prophecy, which is the United Nations. As the USA ends its history as the sixth kingdom, and the world transcends into the seventh kingdom of the United Nations, Bible prophesies but Bible prophecy specifies that Donald Trump is the final president of the USA. President Trump has been typified by many biblical leaders and is marked in God's word. His presidency and his struggle with the Democratic Party is also a subject of prophecy and provides a backdrop for another matter that is marked prophetically, that of another civil war in the USA. This reality is fairly easy to recognize. As citizens of the USA, the intensity of division that is taking place between liberal and conservative Americans is manifested daily in the news. Now, there's more, and I guess I could go on, but I've got just a picture of it, and there's a nice little crease, and I can't tell anything <laughs> that I can't read. Um, okay, I'll, I'll skip down here. Now, Okay. Now, these people are Seventh-day Adventists. Okay, this this group. Are you sure they're actual Seventh-day Adventists, or might they be some kind of spinoff? They, they could be a spinoff. It's, it's I think that, that group is, has pretty much, I think it's balkanized like a lot of other. Yeah, it's bifurcated as well. Okay. Um, balkanized is, is a good appropriate word. We use big words on this show. <laughs> the warning message that we are identifying speaks to the political structure struggle between Russia, the USA, and the United Nations, but it also addresses a religious power struggle between Islam, Catholicism, Protestantism, and the backslidden Seventh-day Adventist Church. There you go, Sergio. That's it. Back, so so they, these are not mainstream Seventh-day Adventists. Yeah. The Seventh-day Adventist Church was given prophetic light through the writings of Ellen G. White, which they have chosen to hide under a bushel rather than fulfill their responsibility. That responsibility included giving this very warning message, for it is from the writings of the prophetess they claim to believe and accept that Nashville was marked as being destroyed by a ball of fire, and her description easily fits the description of a nuclear weapon. Nashville is not the only city Ellen G. White identified would be struck by catastrophe. Over 100 years ago, she spoke of the time when the great buildings in New York City would be destroyed. She identified, among other things, that when this occurred, the fire engines would not be able to put out the fires because they were rendered inoperable. 9-11, maybe? The warning we are providing consists of both religious and political elements that require some deep considerations. With this in mind, we have created a website where we make a biblical defense for all of these seemingly absurd claims that those who wish to take warning may do so. 
It is certainly our hope that you will avail yourself of the information we are offering because, before it is too late. And whether, But whether you hear or not, this letter is being sent so that we might fulfill our responsibility as watchmen. For to not do so would mean that the blood of all those that perish in the upcoming nuclear strike would be required of our souls. And then they give a, uh, a biblical passage from Ezekiel. And it says, This passage is not being inserted to infer that, infer that we are prophets, for we are not. This passage, though, applies to any Bible believer, and it is included so you might understand why we have inserted ourselves into your daily life. For more information, please visit www.july1818.news. And this is from the Ministry of Future for America. Mm. And this was this bizarre thing that appeared in our local newspaper. Now, I am familiar um, with Ellen G. White because uh, basically where I grew up, was a Seventh-day Adventist community. Mm-hmm. And my mom kind of dabbled in it for a little while. And they are very, yeah. he- they are ve- they are very um, heavy on prophecy, extremely heavy on it, um, very dispensational. But Ellen G. White, they, Seventh-day Adventists grew out of the whole Millerite movement, which basically was said that the world would end, I think, in like 1844, and it didn't happen. And so Advent, Adventism started after that. And they've become more and more kind of mainstream over the years, but there are splinter groups. Um, there's a lot of emphasis on kind of like an anti-Catholicism, and uh, which they've had problems with. I remember that there was a thing about like... Uh, because they because they go to church on Saturday, yeah, you know, yeah, that's considered the Sabbath, right? Which you know biblically is actually true, and uh, they also go to your house on Saturday. Yeah, they had this whole thing about how that there that they always talked about like there was going to be this national Sunday law that the powers that be were going to make everybody go to church on Sunday. And uh, they were, this is something I heard growing up a lot. So um, it's, it, it, she, she wrote, uh, Ellen G. White wrote a book called The Great Controversy, which is essentially just about like the Protestant reformers and, and all this, and, and a lot of stuff about prophecy. And uh, I don't know where the passage about Nashville comes in. I've never heard this in my life. But um, yeah. So, July 18th, I guess we might want to just get out of town, take a nice little vacation. <laughs> we'll see. Could you, imagine, could you imagine picking up the paper and seeing that, though? Yeah, yeah, there's a big fallout from it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the Muslim community was not happy because... Um, I, I love how it's not like a Muslim group. It's literally like all of Islam. It's just Islam. I mean, we're talking just about the what, entire community. One billion, <laughs> one billion people are going to gang up to get Nashville destroyed. You know? Not, oh, you're you, saying the actual? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're not. They're not being very uh, specific 
like all the like are you t- the whole religion is out there so well, it's a little yeah it's a little, with it's a little complicated it's a little complicated for the the type of people who um think that something like that's gonna happen you know they've got a new boogeyman for every uh for every decade and i'm sure they didn't uh i'm sure they they didn't know all the uh details of the uh soviet bloc either you know when that was going on so right right yeah well russia apparently russia is supposed to team up with islam which russia has a ton of problems oh. with with muslim muslim terrorist groups so i don't know exactly how that's gonna work <laughs> okay um all right, well, guys, that's it. I wanted to share that with the class. Um, I thought that was something, you know, bizarre and kind of timely. So uh, hopefully, uh, Sergio and I will be alive on July nineteenth, and we'll be bringing you some great shows. And hopefully, we will be alive and not vaporized um, to bring you the Strange Realities Conference <laughs> that is online on September twenty fifth, twenty sixth, and twenty seventh. And tickets are available, and uh, we have them up for a limited time. For we'll probably still be doing that by the time this posts. Uh, limited time for fifteen, and then it's going to go up to twenty. So, guys, take advantage of that. Uh, we've already got some good sales on it, and we've got a good cast of characters, uh, speakers that are going to be a part of this. So, we're really, really excited to be doing this. Is there anything else anything that you wanted to say about that? No, I'm just really looking forward. We're going to be announcing that lineup really soon here, and I think you guys are going to be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be something. All right, guys. Also, if you are a Patreon, you have probably noticed that we are putting up the presentations from last year's Strange Realities Conference. Um, by the time this is up, we probably should have at least about five of them. So um, you guys that are on Patreon, take advantage of watching those. That will give you a good little preview of what we're going to do, even though this thing is going to be bigger because it's online. And we're going to have more speakers than we did last year. But uh, if you're interested in seeing those, those are on our Patreon. And Serfiel can tell you where to go and how much it is. You can go to patreon.com slash conspiranormal and join for as little as a dollar. Get all this great uh, free content. Uh, or you, you can go to uh, conspiranormal.com uh, to make a one-time donation. I believe you can also do that on our new host service. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, you, right now it's on the website. Okay. Yeah. yeah you, can go, you can go to the website and do that. And we may include some um, some extra stuff as well on there. We're going to be giving that a big facelift uh, in lieu of the conference. So there'll be some other opportunities on there. Uh, you can also get t-shirts at trepublic.com slash store. They got the different variations of the skull and Bigfoot. But yes. Yes, we should put the alien up there too. Yeah, yeah. A little vibe in alien. All right, guys. Just remember, Conspiracy Normal Podcast on YouTube, leave us a five-star review. If you're so inclined on iTunes, we really like to, to see those and to keep them coming. And guys, we will be back 
next time with some more conspiracy and paranormal stuff on Conspiranormal. inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.